0: You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. We have a choice whether to work toward a new, inclusive community or whether not to. We can learn from this week's saying, it's a lamentation that applies, I believe, to all communities when justice-rooted social change is seen as a threat, and those that, that ha- with the power to make change would rather silence those voices that are calling for it. This is Herb Montgomery of Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 219 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast, where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and, and uh, what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor might have to offer us today in our work of resistance and survival and liberation and transformation and restoration. And uh, this week, our saying is Judgment Over Jerusalem. Our feature text, the saying is sayings Gospel Q13, 34 through 35. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her nestlings under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is forsaken. I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Our companion texts are Matthew 23, 37 through 39, and Luke 13, 34 through 35. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, You who kill the prophets and stone those who sent who are sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And Luke 13, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I long to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, You will not see me again until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Our saying this week, um, again, social location couldn't matter more in our saying. This text has historically. Uh, been at the heart of anti-Semitism and uh, hostility toward, or even hatred of, of the Jewish people. And, and Christian supersessionism, too. And that's the teaching that Christians replace the Jews as God's chosen people. But But every Christian who reads this saying should remember that Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was never a Christian. And a member of a subjugated community— could perhaps speak to their community this way. But if you, uh, like me, are are outside of that group, it would be inappropriate for for us to do so. And with this saying, Jesus stood in the long Hebrew prophetic tradition of speaking truth to power. In Jerusalem and the temple that had become the seat of the the elites and the aristocracy around which a political and economically exploitative system revolved, um, Jesus is speaking to this power center. So, So this week's saying is, is not about pitting Christianity against Judaism. It's it's not even a religious discussion at all. It's a socio economic and political statement, and very much a part of the the Jewish first century uh, uh, community. Jesus, remember, was a first century Jewish prophet of the poor, and and we can ask uh, what 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 do his teachings, what might his teachings offer us today in our work of survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, liberation. Um, But we first have to listen, before we ask those questions, we first have to listen to what these sayings or these teachings might have meant in their original Jewish context. Prophets proclaiming the desolation of the Jewish nation had a long history, and and it was often linked to social justice. In Isaiah 3.8, eight, Jeru- uh, it says, Jerusalem staggers, Judah is failing. Uh, their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying His glorious presence. Jeremiah one fifteen, I'm about to summon all the people of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding, wa- uh, come against all her surrounding walls, and against all the towns of Judah. Uh, Jeremiah 4, 14, Jerusalem, wash the evil from your heart and be saved. Uh, how long will you harbor wicked thoughts? Jeremiah 5, 1, go up and down the streets of Jerusalem, look around and consider, search through her square, her squares. If you can find but one person who deals honestly and seeks the truth, I will forgive this city. Jeremiah 8, 5, why then have these people turned away? Why does Jerusalem always turn away? They cling to deceit and they refuse to listen. Ezekiel 4, 7, and 16, turn your face towards the siege of Jerusalem. And with bared arm prophesy against her. He then said to me, son of man, I'm about to cut off the food supply in Jerusalem. The people will eat rationed food in anxiety and drink rationed rationed water in despair. And Ezekiel, last one, Ezekiel 12, 19, say to the people of this land, this is what the sovereign Lord says about those living in Jerusalem and the land of Israel. They will eat their food in anxiety and drink their water in despair, for the land will be stripped of everything in it because of the violence of all who live there? And not one of these passages, though, and and we need to say this this week. Not one of these passages by Hebrew prophets should be considered anti-Semitic or anti-Jewish. And and often, after the Hebrew prophets strongly opposed injustices that were taking place in Jerusalem, they would offer Jerusalem words of comfort too. And Isaiah fifty-one seventeen. Awake, awake, rise up, Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath, you who have drained to, it, to its dregs the goblet that makes people stagger. Isaiah 52, 1-9, Awake, awake, Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defied will not enter you again. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit throne, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains in your neck, daughter Zion, now a captive. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Isaiah 62, 1. Uh, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. Isaiah 64, 10. Your sacred cities have become a wasteland. Even Zion is a wasteland. Jerusalem is a desolation. But then in the very next chapter, Isaiah 65, 18 and 19, it says, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight delight and his people a joy, and I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Isaiah sixty six, ten and thirteen, rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice greatly with her. All you who mourn over her, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. And lastly Isaiah sixty six twenty, and they will bring all of your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord, on horses and chariots and wagons on mules and camels says the lord they will bring them as the israelites bring their grain offerings to the temple of the lord in ceremonially clean vessels so so these passages don't promote supersessionism at all they're part of the the hebrew tradition of of jewish prophets critiquing social injustice and there's nothing necessarily anti-jewish or jewish or supersessionist i would argue in jesus's societal critique of his own society either. Jesus called the subjugated of his day to nonviolent forms of resistance. As we've seen in, in previous weeks, um, to follow the path of violent resistance under the watchful eye of Rome would invite a backlash that would wipe out everything for everyone. And Jesus saw nonviolence as the only option that people had to, to resist and still live to enjoy the liberation that their resistance had accomplished. And, and Jesus did call his oppressed audience, and we can see this in, in Luke 14, 18-19, through 19, to do something where they could and where they couldn't, he called them to make those who who could do something deeply uncomfortable until they did. And we find that in Matthew 5, 39 through 41. But he also called the Jewish elite, and he, this, these were the people who were behind the exploitation, not the exploited, but, but those that were responsible for the status quo. He called them to liquidate their assets in, in a radical wealth redistribution and a, and a debt cancellation and a resource sharing that would have been economically healing to the poor. We find this in Luke 19 and in Matthew 19, 21. And had the people been dedicated to to nonviolent forms of resistance and and power and resource sharing, as Jesus taught, they could have prevented Jerusalem's poor people's revolt, uh, the the Jewish-Roman War of 66 to 69 CE, and and I believe Jerusalem's utter destruction by the Romans in, in 70 CE. They could have. Um, uh, not would have, but they could have. And, and I believe Jesus saw a coming crisis, um, or at least the authors of the Jesus story did. And, and uh, Jesus's love for his own society moved him to warn them and 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 to work to set them on a different path. And this is what I see happening in this week's saying. It's not anti-Semitic, it's not anti-Jewish. It's a Jewish prophet of the poor seeking to save his society from a hardship or a crisis that he saw on their horizon. And Jesus longs to protect Jerusalem from the, here's that imagery, from the Roman eagle, the way that a hen covers her chicks chicks, to uh, uh, prevent birds of prey from attacking them. And The elites, though, remember, are unwilling to listen. If only the aristocracy had led the way in the reparations that Jesus was calling for, and you can find these in Luke 19, 8, where a tax collector engages in those, and you can cross-reference that with Luke 12, 33. The poor might never have made a decision between violent or nonviolent revolt three decades later to begin with. And and who knows where those different choices might have led Jesus' society had they listened. And lastly, in this saying, we see Jesus planning to leave and not return until the people affirm, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." Nothing in this text requires us to interpret. Jesus as meaning, I'm going to heaven and you won't see me until I return in vengeance, as some Christians have interpreted it. But uh, uh, to the contrary, Jesus is actually quoting Psalms 118, 25 through 26, where it says, Yahweh, save us or hosanna Yahweh grant us success blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and traditionally uh, Jewish people recite this passage during the third pilgrimage festival of Sukkot or the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles they do they don't quote it during Passover and this is important the festival underway at this point uh in the Jesus story is passover and sukkot is is uh 6 months after passover so Jesus could have simply been planning to leave Jerusalem and there's that that desolation part to 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 leave Jerusalem desolate and not return until the pilgrims festival pilgrimage festival of sukkot he he but the story says he never got to to fulfill that promise instead of returning during the the feast of tabernacles Jesus completes his temple protest and is arrested and crucified six days later. Stoning the prophets, uh, removing those or silencing those that are speaking truth to power is nothing new. Every society, every culture, every community has a long history of removing those who choose to speak up, who choose to stand in solidarity with those that are pushed to the edges and and that are calling for change. And I know something of this myself. Over the last six months, I've spent hours talking with pastors whose churches have invited me to speak around the US and 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 these pastors have had to to cancel my seminars at the last minute even though in some cases uh, as we have shared in, in the podcast extra earlier this week, they had been waiting for me to come to their their uh, church and speak for years. And one held elders congregation, uh, I, they'd actually been on the waiting list for three years before they were forced to cancel. And he regrettably, um, I, I'll never forget the tone of his voice when he said to me, the journey to know God is not always easy for some people. And and my seminars, again, are, are, they're being canceled by gatekeepers who are honestly the, the the motive is fear they're afraid they're afraid of conversations that might change or or challenge uh, their members and 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 pastors and congregations across the country they still want our ministry they still want the the message that we promote to 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 come to their congregations and they've invited me to speak and they want to learn but there are gatekeepers in their congregations that are standing in the way in one town this year when a pastor refused to cancel an invitation to me a few of the well funded critics they used their conference ministerial department which employed their pastor to strong arm the pastor this pastor was refusing. Uh, to cancel himself, and so they went to their pastor's employers. And these people threatened to stop tithing to their conference if I was allowed to speak in their church. Their conference president told me that, that they wanted me to come, and they wanted to have me there in their church, but they couldn't risk losing their members' uh, financial support, their tithes, and, and they'd have to hope for another opportunity in the future. And change is scary for some people, but, but change that helps us make our community safer, uh, more just, more compassionate, um, a more compassionate home for everyone, those should be leaned into, not run from, even if they are scary. So this fall, as we've already announced over uh, a couple times in uh, these last couple of weeks, this fall, we're taking our educational weekends on the road. We're going to be holding weekend seminars in areas where we're still desperately wanted, but we'll we'll do it without having to go through those gatekeepers. We'll be hosting face-to-face weekend events all across the nation starting this August. And we're beginning in Asheville, North Carolina. We're so excited uh for, for this change, for these new uh, opportunities, um, this, these new venues. And and you can find out more about this project. We're calling it a 525-1 project. You can find out more at bitly, bit peer uh bit.ly, bit bit.ly forward slash uh, RHM 525-1 and you can find out more about why we're making this change. You can uh, find out how you can help to make these new events happen. And best of all, you can find out how you can have us actually come to your area for a weekend. A friend of Renewed Heart Ministries, he signed up uh, to be one of our first 500 supporters last week, and and he was lamenting uh, to me that uh, that I was finally going to be teaching in in the next state over from him during the very week that he and his wife were going on their family vacation. And, and I wish I, you could have seen the the lights turn on for him when I said well, well let's look at what it would take to to have a weekend event in your town too all we need is to find a place to rent for the weekend and, and we'll do it. And uh, right now he's considering possible venues too. So the, the possibilities for this new direction are endless. And, and that's one of the reasons why we're so excited. We're going to be able to see a lot of people over the next year um, that have been wanting us to come to their area, um, then wanting to see us, but uh, we've just not been able to. So every day that we f- face, uh, we have a choice whether to work toward a new inclusive community or whether or not to. And, and we can learn from this week's saying for sure. It's not just a lament for first century Jerusalem. It also addresses any community where exploitation and inequity forces those on the undersides or the margins to feel as if violent revolt is their only hope. It's a lamentation that applies, I believe, to all communities when justice-rooted social change is seen as a threat and those that, that ha- with the power to make change would rather silence those voices that are calling for it. It's a solemn and sad saying that that should give each of us pause. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets, stone those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as hen gathers her nestlings under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is forsaken. I tell you, you will not see me... Again, until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Heart group application this week. This week, I want you to write down three ways that heart groups have been a safe place for you to grow, for you to learn and practice community, and to deepen your understanding of of how Jesus' teachings can inform our work today of survival, resistance, and liberation. And, And then share your list with your heart group. Let the other members know what they've meant to you, how they've helped you, and then discuss how else that your group can can be formed by your desire to make this space available to others too. How can you make this space uh, safe for others to experience what you have? What would it look like to make your heart group a a safe space for someone not like you? And our our new heart group page is is finally on our website too. You can check that out at rhmheartgroups.com. And feel free to to check it out and let us know what you think. Also, keep those testimonies of how your heart group has impacted you coming in, and we'll be adding them to the page uh, soon. Wherever this finds you this week, remember, keep living in love, uh, survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, transformation on our way to thriving. Together, we are making a difference. Thanks for checking in with us this week. I love each one of you. I'll see you next week.